Welcome to episode 11 of the Tears Beneath podcast. On this episode, we've got Craig, Ryan and Nicky. How's it going, guys? Hi, guys. guys. Doing good. How is everyone? Yeah, good, thanks. Good. We'll start with games we were at this weekend. We'll start with Friday night, and I think Craig and Ryan were at the same game. We were indeed, aye. It's the first time in pod history. We've got two. In fact, no, I tell a lie, I think... I mean, you and Reese have been at the same game, so yeah. take that back. I tell a lie. Uh, Hutchie, Hutchie Vale against Crossgates on the, the Friday night at Ainsley Park. Uh, both Craig and myself went along to that. It was a 3 0 win for Hutchie Vale in the end. Uh, it sounds quite convincing, but Craig will probably agree. It was. I don't think it was that convincing, to be honest. Uh, scoreline maybe a wee bit harsh on Crossgates. First, Maybe half an hour or something. It was one of the games where you're just thinking this has got nil nil written over it. Uh, it was a wee bit cagey. Both teams had half chances. Hutchie actually had one really good chance. Uh, I think it was a corner slighted in, and there was a free header, which really should have went on target. But uh, I can't remember who headed it, but it went miles wide in the end. But after that, you're, you're just thinking ah, nobody's going to score tonight. It was one of the nights as well. It was cold. It was windy. It was. You're thinking this is it's just going to be a, a washout, but near half time, Hutchie got a goal. Uh, they went one up. Joe Viola through, through the run of play a wee bit. It was as I say a wee bit harsh on Crossgates, uh, and then they got a they got a second through Tony Muir shortly shortly after. So they actually went in two 0 up at half time. Two goals in quick succession at the end of the half. Again, me and Greg were speaking at the game. Crossgates have got the boy Chimwalu uh, that they signed from Pennycook. Plays on the wing. Kind of looked at him as the, the danger man, but he, to be honest, really didn't get into the game at all. Did he, Craig? It was Ben Viola that was playing on the on his side on the, the opposite wing for for Hutchie. Kind of had him pinned back in his own half. Obviously, struggled to get him in the game and struggled to to create much. But I second half we kind of spoke about half time. Uh, we were also there with I don't know if you guys know uh, Nori Work. He's a ground hopper. Um, goes along to a lot of the. Uh, non-league games does match day vlogs if you've not seen his work I'd recommend going checking it out he was there as well so he's got a vlog on it uh, we were speaking to him as well and we were saying that the the next goal in the game cliche I know but important that Crossgate's got it to, to remain in the game but it was Hutchie that got the third goal and it was a penalty uh, that they they got through Scott Maxwell uh, so that kind of wrapped up the game and to be honest again don't know Craig if you agree but after that third goal, I think the game kind of just fizzled out a wee bit. The game was yeah. done at that point. The conditions, as I say, the wind was really strong. It was making it difficult for both teams to play. And I bet a professional job for Hutchie, to be honest. As I said, probably a wee bit harsh on crossgates, but Hutchie, to be fair, were really sort of intense with their press and, uh, and their attack and threat, and they kept it really rock solid at the back as well. They were really Hutchie are one of the the most organised teams defensively that I think I've seen in a while you can't help but notice just how organised they are and they stick to their shape they really break for their shape and it obviously made that really difficult for Crossgates to break them down Yeah, I, I think I think you're right there, I don't think it was a 3-0 game and it certainly wasn't a, a spectacular game of football to be honest um, obviously the weather was a bit of a, a dampener um, it didn't get too bad but the the football, I thought the game would have been a bit more kind of free flowing, to be honest. Crossgates, you 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 mentioned, you know, Chingwalu. He's he's a really good like left winger. They had him 
playing as uh, left back, which is no. just a bit a bit of a waste, just because he's good at taking guys on, but he spent most of the game in his own half. The boy uh, Miko, the goalkeeper for uh, Crossgates, that was at uh, Spartans previously, uh, was outstanding. Yep, um, some of the saves he pulls off. I've seen him a couple of times uh, since he left Spartans, and obviously he's now getting. Uh, the minutes and he's, he's uh, a starter for Crossgates and he pulled off some impressive saves managed to keep the, the, the score down and for the two goals from open play which uh, Hutchie scored he had made several good saves prior to those uh, kind of loose balls or rebounds so yeah Crossgates will be probably a bit disappointed uh, Hutchie were good though and as you say Scott, Scott Maxwell Took his penalty really well, and uh, I, I think they deserved the win. But uh, I, I was expecting a bit more from Crossgates personally. I've seen them play a lot better than that, but uh, you know, Friday night yeah. football, what happens? I think again, just come back, and that's testament to how defensively solid Tiny were. And again, you mentioned Chingwalu. It, it was like he was playing as a left back. Again, I think that was just again testament to the job that uh, Ben Viola was doing on that side. It was just a constant threat down that side and Chingwalu found himself getting pinned back the entire game basically. But I think overall de- deserve one for Hutchie and they'll be they'll be happy to get another three points on the board and I think that's them up to fifth. So they're going really well. So fair play to them. Have either of you been to Gala, Gala Shields, Gala Fairyden? I have, mate, yeah. I've been, mate, yeah. No, no, I've not. I didn't didn't know what to expect. I went there on Saturday, I didn't know what to expect, but it's a phenomenal place, even without the football ground, just Gala Shields itself. I could spend a lot of time there. If you like walking, there's a lot of wee trails to do. It's a cracking wee place, and even just the the ground itself, it's like a superb wee ground. You've obviously got the famous stand, which I'm sure you'll touch on, and even just like walking around the ground, just the surroundings and I don't know, there's just something about it. It's, when I went down there, I found bizarre. I found it quite peaceful just to yeah, just to kind of walk about and it was a nice place to watch football. Aye, that, that's a really good way to describe it. So it was Gala against Gretna. I didn't know what to expect for Gretna, but in, it finished four went to Gala Feridine, but I, th- I think Gretna were actually pretty decent, but they're, they're missing just that wee something. So although it finished 4-1, two of the goals were unbelievable and I'll touch on them in a wee second, but two of them were massively avoidable. So the first goal was in the first minute and we Kennedy in goals for Grant. I think he's only about 19 and anyone can make a mistake so I don't want to be too hard on him but it's a routine corner. He's caught the ball, dropped it at striker's feet or a defender as it was and it's essentially a tap-in. So one minute they're 1-0 down which is a bit of a disaster. The fourth goal was kind of the same the same thing. It was a short pass back. Gallagher's got on the end of it and they've, they put the game to bed there and then. But the other two... Do you remember Liam Watt? He was at Adrian East Fife in the SPFL. I, I noticed you, um, I think you called him out in your your write-up. Um, I can't remember seeing him play, to be honest, but I, I recognise the name. Plays midfield, and this guy is just a cut above. His decision-making is second to none. He knows when to slow the game down. If he needs to play a first-time pass, he did it. And he scored two goals, both outside the box. The first one, he's got plenty of time, but rather than take a touch, he's decided to kind of run around the ball just so he's got a better angle. And he's side-footed it for about 20 yards and off the post. There's nothing the keeper could have done there. But the second one, was this was one of the best goals I've seen all season, if no the last five years, maybe. The ball's been cleared. He's on the half volley outside of the boot, and it's went in the same corner as his first goal. There's just no stopping that at all. He was a joy to watch, but 
Gala's got a lot of good players. I, I mentioned Liam Watt. I didn't really know much about the Gala team until I got down there. And then you see the team lines. You notice that Jamie Semple's there. I didn't know that. Danny Goldbraith, remember him at Hibs? He came yep. through at Man United. Alan Smith, I remember him for Dunfermline up front. The night before the game, this was a bit of a, a treat. They, they signed Xander Murray again. Obviously, you'll know him quite well, Ryan. Yeah, yeah, brilliant signing for, for them. Yeah, over 100 goals in his first spell. We came off the bench. I think Gallo would be doing quite well. So I didn't really, I don't think he would have expected to start the game seeing as it would be unfair to switch a winning team. But he came, he came on when the game was just about done. It didn't make too much of a difference, but you know the game, the game's done by then. It kind of fizzled out after the fourth goal went in. To be honest, there wasn't too much more action. But what a place! And you're mentioning the stand. If you've not seen it, it's something like communist Russia. It's <laughs> it just doesn't look like it's a building in Scotland. But that's iconic in ground hopping circles, and I'm sure all of you guys will have at least heard heard about Gala Stand. So we get some view from it as well. Aye, aye, brilliant. So you you really need to go if you've suddenly been, and that goes for all the listeners as well. It's a fantastic place, not just to watch football, but spend a day if you can. I'm actually going to go and see Gala in a couple of weeks, but unfortunately, it's uh, it's no down there. They're playing Edinburgh Uni at Peffermill, so I've got to go along. Just as you said, Martin Scott's really strengthened the team there. He's added in some great players, like say Jamie Semple up front, Nicky Reid up front. Xander obviously going back, had a wee bit of hard time at Bonnerig, but he should feel right back at home there and I expect him to get back amongst the goals. So looking forward to seeing them, but I totally agree. If you get the chance to go down to Neverdale, then absolutely. Great place. Obviously, it finished 4-1. I know two of the goals were unavoidable, but at the same time, Gala just looked that wee bit better, a wee bit sharper, a wee bit more concise. Is that the word? I don't know, but they were just that wee bit better on the ball as well. The passes were a bit more crisp. They made better decisions. It, it's... Uh, 100% Gala deserve to win but I think Gretna will be kicking themselves that two of the four goals were massively avoid- avoidable and they could have made a game out if, if it wasn't for the mistakes but staying on Saturday Burnt Island Craig is that right? Yeah so um, I went along to Burnt Island Shipyard versus Edinburgh College um, this is a trip that I was really looking forward to um, first trip to Recreation Park and first time I've been in a pub that's got a fish tank so um, the place had a bit of character about it, really, you know, friendly locals, had a good chat with the uh, the, the owner of the bar. Um, but yeah, the football was the main reason I was going there. Uh, beforehand, I'd, I said, you know, last week that, you know, Edinburgh College have had a kind of slight dip in the results, but they've still been playing pretty well. I felt, you know, Burnt Island would... You know they they they'd have a go and they'd, be, they'd have a chance of getting something out of the game. I didn't expect the result uh, that did happen though. So Burnt Island Shipyard won the game three one, despite you know Edinburgh College showing showing little kind of flashes of what they can do. Um, they were quite one dimensional. It was there were a lot of kind of route one football or you know hoofing it down the channels and Burnt Island Shipyard looked defensively really solid the goalkeeper was immense and they they had uh, you know matched them on the pitch um uh, 3-1 it was quite a feisty game actually and i think one of my this goes straight into like my my favorite moments i've witnessed at a a non-league game uh when basically there was a substitute that came on for edinburgh college and as a defender He'd been on about five minutes and one of the kind of older players in uh, Edinburgh College team was getting frustrated because they were basically firing blanks and they looked really vulnerable at the back. And he started having a, an argument with uh, 
the Edinburgh College defender and the guy, I can't say it word for word, uh, unfortunately, but he basically asked him, you know, why are you singling me out? And then there was a bit of name calling uh, between them both. And then the other teammate stepped in and said, right, lads, you know, cut it out. Eh? We're, we're still trying to get back in this game. Uh, and then it just it just turned into proper Sunday league. The Edinburgh College, uh, who was the manager or coach, told the player, um, if you don't cut it out, I'm going to take you off. And the, the player basically said, well, just take me off then. And he's pulled him off. So it was just... Ridiculous. This is all going on while uh, one of the Burnt Island shipyard players is sitting on the, the kind of railing, uh, waiting to take the corner, waiting for all this to kind of die down and stuff. And he makes the comment, he turns around to like the, the substitutes for Edinburgh College and he's like, that's not Sunday League. I, doesn't, I don't know what it is. It was just, they had a laugh about it as well. A wee bit of tempers flaring, but I don't know if, if you guys have been to... Uh, Burnt Island yet recreational park but wow uh, you know I've seen photos of the backdrop I mean everyone talks about the rock at Dumbarton and stuff but you know it's behind the stand you can't really see it this is that's hands down one of the most picturesque uh, non-league grounds I've been to absolutely stunning uh, views they had you know obviously lots of trees surrounding the ground but like the view of the hills uh, the weather was I mean, I'm not saying it was sunny, but it was it was clear skies. Just absolutely beautiful place to watch a game of football. And uh, they do donner pies as well, which I will talk about later on. But yeah, a great day out. And I'll definitely be back at Burnt Island. Uh, thoroughly enjoyed myself there. And uh, yeah, a great result for them as well. So yeah, 3-1 against one of the... Uh, you know, the top teams in the, the East of Scotland second division. So... Great to see. Now, Nicky, I'd love to come to you to talk about the game you were at at Saturday, but you turned up at Strasby Thistle and found out the game was off. I think there was a car crash further up the road that stopped the Wick team getting down, which is obviously a bit more important than the football. But I will give you something you can talk about. On Saturday, we had another trophy win for a non-league team. I think this is only the third trophy that's been decided in the whole in non-league football. Whitburn won one of them and Cooter's got the other two. Yeah, no, they... Um... One one again. Um, I think it was a bit of a game of two halves. So they were playing Bridgeton Thistle in the League Cup um, final. Cooter two up um, at half time. Ross Clark goal and um, I can't remember Fraser penalty and probably thought they were cruising to another quite comfortable victory. Um, then in the second half, within about um, two minutes, I think there was. Um, Two two goals for Thistle got back into it, and then an uh, own goal got them equaliser. Cooter did have three players that got injured in the first half, so obviously at this level it's difficult to put up with that many players going going down injured. All five of uh, Cooter's players kept their nerves, scored their penalties, and there was a miss from uh, Thistle, which meant that they won five three five three on penalties. Pretty dominant up here on the. I think it was on their Twitter account, read that they'd won the last five domestic cups that they'd taken part in. I'm assuming that they're counting the Scottish Scottish Junior Cup and they haven't been in Europe in some way that I've not not caught. But pretty good record for Cooter and just looking really dominant up here for for continuing to win to win pretty much everything that they 
come up against at the moment. Suppose Bridget Don, I know it's no consolation because they, they lost the cup final and that's all they really care about, but two all at full time's actually a really good result. Yeah, especially being two down at half time, they could have easily easily folded and, and been on a bit of a bit of a hiding, but to gather themselves again and go again in the second half and, and get back into it um, shows a lot of fighting spirit to keep going. On Saturday, uh, I went along to Aniston V came on. Just went along to, to that last minute decision. I was going to go to the Rose Spartans game, but decided to go along to that one. Uh, I'm not seeing came on this season, so it's quite interested to see them. Obviously, they're doing well at the top, top end of that league. You could see the quality if they came on, to be honest, in the opening 20 minutes. Patient build up play, quite high intensity in their press when they didn't have the ball. Uh, they took a, a 2 0 lead quite quite early into the game. Uh, Kevin Fotheringham, who I think their top goal scorer, one of their top goal scorers anyway, got a, a couple. It was two balls into the box, to be honest. I'm sure the, the honest manager, Phil Alexander, will probably be disappointed in the, the marking. Two avoidable goals, to be honest, but to be fair, the first one's an absolutely superb finish. Um, balls come into the box and he's volleyed it first time into the too powerful for the keeper and it flies in. Second one again, it's a cross into the box, unmarked at the back post and it's an easy tap in. But Arniston, to be fair, after going uh, after going 2-0 down, the heads could have went down, but they put up a fight. Niall Kemp, who I've spoke about a lot in the podcast, he's absolutely flying, banging the goals in for them. He got one back um, after about half an hour. Nice wee bit of play um, where Robin Eve he's dropped the shoulder in the in the box and fired it under the keeper. Um, so it was two one two came on at half time. Probably just about deserved the the lead to be honest on the the balance of play. Um, but to be fair again, and the Camelon manager said it in his interview after the game as well. Camelon were a different team in the second half. They just they didn't seem to get started at all in the second half. And Arniston, they uh, were all over them. Uh, Arniston made it two two. It was uh, a corner from Ryan Turner and it was headed in by, the, uh, again, Niall Kemp at the, the front post. So he got his second of the afternoon, brought his team level. And to be honest, at that point, I'm thinking that there's only one team got to go on and win this and it was going to be going to be Aniston. But that second goal, that equaliser, seemed to be the sort of boot up the backside that came on needed because they just, it was like they flicked a switch and they decided to, to start playing again. And again, I mentioned that we spoke to uh, Norrie, the, the, the ground topper, on the Friday night game. He was also at the Arniston game. and uh, He'd done a wee interview with the Arniston manager and he said that the Arniston equaliser was probably the best thing that could happen to, to came on because I think it gave them a wee bit of fright and sparked them into action. They made it 3-2. Uh, I think it was about 20 minutes to go. If that actually, maybe 15, 10 minutes to go. Basically, Arniston, again, they lost possession in, in the middle of the park, so again, an avoidable goal. The ball was just punted into the box and uh, Kieran Dolan, I don't know whether it was head, shoulder, might have him on the, the nose. It basically bounced off something, whatever it was, and it, it looped over uh, Mark Anderson in the, in the Arnie goal, which was really unfortunate because Mark Anderson in the Arnie goal, who's top keeper, he's on loan for Bonnerick. He, he made some outstanding saves just prior to that uh, equaliser as well. Uh, so that was 3-2 to came on. Uh, and then shortly after that, Boy Niall Kemp, as I mentioned, scored two goals. Uh, he was sent off. Quite a controversial one. It was quite soft, in my opinion. Yellow card probably would have sufficed. It was uh, Reese Walker, the Camelon, who I noticed is on loan for Falkirk. Uh, so again, it just shows Camelon, obviously, got quite a strong team there. Greg Wild signed for them. They've got Stephen Tico, ex-Hibs. Uh, got boy 
Reese Walker on loan for Falkirk. He came on, and to be fair, he changed the game for Kamon. Jet did a wee bit of pace. Uh, he got the ball down the left-hand side, cut inside, and Niall Kemp tracking back, kind of swung a boot out to try and get the ball, but he ended up catching the man and was sent off. So as I said, it was a wee bit harsh. But from that resulting free kick, it actually went straight into the net. Um, it was one of those ones where it was just whipped across the face of goal. And I think all the defenders and the goalie kind of just were waiting on someone putting a boot through it and clearing it, but no one did. And it just it, it went right into the, the net at the back post. Probably a deserved win for Camelon, as I said, but fair play to Arniston. They gave it a really good go. They competed for large spells, um, just a, a few avoidable goals. Uh, but they're still going really strong for the obviously just being promoted into that league. So good signs for them. And they've got a couple of exciting cup ties coming up, Hawk and Lick. Uh, away, they've also got Bonesh Athletic in the Alex Jack semi-final. It was a good entertaining game, and also just a, a wee word because uh, I know the the guys, the guys will probably listen to this because there was a few of the Arniston uh, committee members that spoke to me and just said that they really enjoy the podcast. So just thanks for the the support today, guys, and and also to John Wayne, who's on the the committee Arniston. He does the gate, he does the social media. I think he does a bit of everything there. Lovely. One welcome for John when I when I came in through the gate and he gave me a pin badge as well, which was really nice of him. So um top guys and if you've if you've never been to Arniston, get yourself along because you'll certainly get a, a warm welcome. You still a closet fan? Uh, apparently so, I um <laughs> I, they've actually they've actually asked if I'd if I'd like to go along to the Dawkins Lake Talbot game, going on the bus to, to Talbot. Uh, there's no Rose game that day and I've never been to Talbot, so I would have had a game to pick on that day anyway, so it was a no brainer. So Nah, just again, I've said it before, but it's just testament to, to how, like the, the style of football they play. They play really good football. They score goals. They're entertaining to watch. It helps as well that they're just two minutes up the road from me, so um, it's, it's a good local team to go and support. And they seem to be pulling in decent crowds as well. So hopefully they can continue to grow and and, and do well. Um, but I have got my Marniston pin badge sitting next to my Bonnie Rose one now guys I've got a wee bit of a quiz for you I didn't tell you about this it's a quiz and that should be a surprise it was mainly league action this week throughout the whole of the non-league pyramid and there are 12 unbeaten teams in the leagues how many can you name? Banks of D Juniors are still unbeaten Banks of D Juniors are one Nicky well done Roxburn East Colbride Roxburn and East Colbride also correct Bonus Athletic. Bonus Athletic, that's correct. Invergordon. Invergordon. I was about to slip up and say one, but they lost at the weekend. Mm. I'll talk about that game later. Uh, 12, did you say? How many got there? Five? Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, Brecon. Brecon, well done. Brecon just got beat off Fraser, or was that the cup? Uh, it was a cup. Was yeah. a cup? Uh, Have we done beef? Beef, well done. Nice. <laughs> so there's one more in the West, one in the South, one in the North Juniors, one in the Midlands, and one in the North Cali. Pollock. Pollock, no. Ah. The one in the West, I'll give you a clue. Reese is a big fan. Ah. Uh, is it Bells? No, it's not Bells Hill. It is Bells Hill. Well is it Bells Hill? So uh, Hermes up here. It's not Hermes. One isn't in, in the Premier League, though. It's not a Championship team. Oh, Fort Martin. Oh, Cooter. Oh, yeah, Cooter is correct, but now there's 13, no, Phil. Did we say Fort Martin? Uh, no. Or they I not one? I hope that's not right, because I've not got it written down. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if it is. Right, so the Midlands League... Huntley. 
<laughs> it's no Huntley. They are top of the league, though. I was going to say because I, I noticed they went top of the league. So, ah. Abbey Vale. It's no Abbey Vale. It is a there is a South of Scotland team, though. I'll are give you, you another Lock thirty Ness? seconds. I'm counting Loch Ness. Absolutely, that's one. They'll beat the star. I was going to say Loch Ness. Not they'll beat Creetown. Creetown. Well done. Oh. That's one Midlands, one North Junior team to get. One Midlands, one. Uh, Lucky. Yes, Lucky United. What was the other one? What league? North Junior Premier League. Uh, I'm not. I'm not oh, going to. I'm not going to kid myself on. And... <laughs> Loch Ness. I don't know. Loch Ness is North Cali, but that is correct. But go. it's Nicky said it. I agree. Games with a D. Near Aberdeen, there's an airport there. Devonville, not Devonville. Do you want the answer? I give up. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Eleven out of twelve isn't bad. To be or twelve out of thirteen isn't bad. It's dice. Ah, ah, right. Dice have lost the league game yet, but that was somehow a wee bit different. But we'll go into the Lowland League. We'll go to tier five. Kind of big results all round, but can anybody catch you, Scobright? I don't think so. They're no. absolutely flying at the moment. Eh? It's a funny one because obviously they've put together a totally brand new squad basically but they just seem to have gelled instantly and aye they're just firing on all cylinders at the moment yeah I don't think anyone will catch them to be honest each strollers 2-0 at the weekend Nathan Flanagan scoring I mean what a signing he is he I think it was 4 was it 4-4 four, four he was at last season he's a top player and Mark Kelly as well got, got a penalty for them he was at Cali Braves last season one of the top goal scorers in the league there's just so much talent in that team they've had a lot of injury problems as well so the fact that they've got through like a tough period with a lot of injuries and st- still come out at like winning games, as in when they start getting players back from injury, I can't see anyone catching them, to be honest. I think this will be their year. Any, any particular games that stood out this weekend? One for me, I, I guess. So when Lifco Rose uh, won all with Berwick Rangers, uh, as we know, you know Berwick Rangers are having a, a tough time of it, to put it lightly. Uh, with the whole financial situation and the fact that uh, Buchanan left them, he's he's now signed for Bonnie Rose. So they they were actually one 0 up on the 85th minute they scored, but then when Lefko Rose scored on the 89th minute to deny them a a good win on the road. So Berwick Rangers, I guess once we know exactly who's staying and who's leaving over the next few weeks, you'll we'll know how they're going to cope. Um, there's still clearly a bit of fight about the team. And, you know, the left go Rose have been on good form lately as well. So good result for them. But yeah, I think Berwick Rangers, I think they're going to have to make further cuts to their squad, I'm afraid. Um, and it was probably going to be a lot of the the youth players that are going to probably step up and fill those gaps. Um, what, what are your thoughts, Ryan? Yeah, no, I totally agree. I was surprised at that result and fair play to Berwick. Like you said, it was a late equaliser for Linlithgow as well. So, really good point, all things considered. Hopefully, it gives them a wee bit of a boost. But, yeah, I think it's just it's going to be a tough season for, for Berwick. Hopefully, they've got a few few good uh, young players kicking about the club. But, uh, aye, really good point. Keeps them levelling points with Linlithgow at the moment as well. So, we'll see what happens with them. I just wanted to call out uh, Cumbernauld Colts, to be honest. 2-0 win away to Cowden Beef. Probably, uh, I'm not totally shocked by that result, given how well the Colts are doing this season. Cowden Beef are a really good side, so to lose 2-0 at home is probably disappointing, but Colts are three points off the top of the league. 
I know East Kilbride have got two games in hand, which you'd expect them to probably win with the form that they're on. 23 points, level hearts in second. Just they're absolutely flying at the moment. Like they've won the 12 games, they've won seven of the 12. I think potentially they had a wee bit of turnover in the close season, so they're, they're absolutely flying. And I noticed the boy Cole McIntyre scored again. Like He just he seems to be scoring every week. Same with last season as well. His name always popped up. He was scoring a lot of goals. I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm sure he was playing in defence last season. I noticed this season he's registered as number 10, so I don't know if he's maybe moved a bit further forward into midfield, but uh, he's, he's continuing to score the goals. So, yeah, coming on Colts, absolutely flying. Nicky, Highland League and Cup, we kind of covered the main points here when we were doing the quiz, but a couple of weeks ago, three or four weeks ago maybe, we were talking about Huntley and how long can they sustain the challenge for. I think they were third or fourth at the time. They're now top of the league. Yeah, no, I think I said at the time they probably needed needed another three or four games to see if it was going to be a true challenge. And it does it does look like it, even some of the other teams. Um, Huntley, 8-0 winners over Clarknacudden. Um, Andrew Hunter getting his second second hat-trick in three games. So with Clark, it's not, not been such a good good start. I think they're only on two points, sitting 16th and their manager um, became the second manager fired in the the Highland League, and um, yeah, they've they've really started really started badly, and would be surprised if they were down as far as Stress Bay, but um, by the end of the season, but they must be getting a bit worried that the trapdoors looking a bit more realistic with what's happening in the Midland League. But um, the other result that really um, Stood out was Turriff. They managed a, a 4-2 win over for Martin. Sounds like um, for, for Martin, kind of everything that could go wrong did go wrong. Got a red card, missed a penalty, and then the final um, Turriff goal happened in the, the 95th minute. Sounds like a breakaway. Looked like the ball was going out of play. Somebody kept it in and then ran in and ran in and scored. So um, for Martin going off, off the top and Huntley going onto the top, um, breaking, I think, are, are two games, two games back. So, be interesting to see if they can overturn them. But there's a sort of faint hope that we might have quite an exciting top of the table in the Highland League this season, and not just Bucky and Breakin running away with it like it looked looked at the start of the season. So, League Cup, one game. Now, if Fraser Burra beating Breakin maybe isn't the biggest shock in the world that can happen. It wouldn't surprise me if it did happen. Two one away from home, especially how good Breakin are. Obviously, still unbeaten in the league as well. To win that two one away from home and book your place in the final, that's pretty special. Yeah, sounds sounds like they they played well, quite an even even game. Breakin got went down to ten men in the the second half and still managed to still managed to equalise after Fraser had taken the lead. But um, Fraser were kept going. I think about five minutes after Breakin scored, they managed to get their noses in front and hang on which sounded like a quite an even game as you say probably two teams that are reasonably evenly matched but um, a good win for Fraser Brown getting to the getting to the first first final um, the other semi-final was another game called off with the accident and it'll happen this next week with um, Brora playing Brora playing um, Keith this week Ryan if Keith get to the final are you going? Do we know where it is? Yeah. Uh, Inverurie. I might consider it. Depends what date it is on. Uh, I think it's the 14th of this month. 
Ah, no, that's yeah. that's when I'm going through to Talbot, Arniston. <laughs> You've got too many teams, that's the problem. Yeah. I know, I know. I'm going to have to put Arniston and Keith against each other, see who wins. <laughs> I definitely need to get to a Keith game at some point, though. So, West of Scotland League, Reese isn't here this week, so we're going to have to try and wing this a wee bit. But Premier League especially, Clyde Bank were the big winners. Darvel have lost. Pollock have dropped points at home to Trin. St. Caddox and Beef played out a 3 0 draw, which sounds like a great game, but that's both of them dropped points. And Clyde Bank won 1 0 away to Arthurley. So, Clyde Bank are really the only of the title race to get a victory. But the a big result for me is Auckland like Talbot beating Irvin Meadow 2 0. That really wouldn't have raised eyebrows ever. But it does mean Irvin Meadow are now bottom and Auckland like Talbot. They're still in the bottom three, they're still in the relegation zone, but it's a huge three points because they were really struggling. It's it's crazy looking at that table and you see Auckland like Talbot, Gwen Afton and Irvin Meadow in the bottom three. They are three of the biggest clubs in non league football in Scotland and all three of them are threatened by relegation. It's really early days, for example, Auckland like Talbot are one point off ninth, uh, sorry, three points off ninth, one win off ninth, so there's, there's a long way to go and that table's still quite tight. But saying that, although Clyde Bank were the big winners, they're now top of the league, they're a point clear of Beef, Beef still have two games in hand, so it, it could well work out in Beef's favour still, and of course they're still the only team that are unbeaten in that league, but aye, Clyde Bank the big winners in the Premier League of the West. Going down the divisions a wee bit, We've mentioned Kilwinning quite a bit on the podcast. They have been struggling a little bit, it would be fair to say. But in the last few weeks, they've been flying. They won 2-1 away to Thornywood. They're now up to ninth place. But the significance is they've won their last six games on the spin, so it really looks like Kilwinning have turned the corner. And they were one that we were we were surprised that they were struggling so much down the bottom of the league the first four or five weeks, so... I quite like Kilwinning as well. It's a great place to, to go if you've never been, so them getting up the table is quite a good thing. Guys, you got any thoughts on the any of the West games? Not seen any, to be honest. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty clueless. I've not <laughs> seen any of the, the results. Not intentional at all, Paul. It's fine. Uh, it's not been close to it. So, second division, Cumbernauld United, that was the big result. They are second, they are flying, they beat Vela Clyde. And third, so second we third, big game, but it was 4-0. So that's a bit as resounding as you get. But if you think that's a big result, there was an even bigger one. We've mentioned on the podcast before, Reese has said that Wishaw are pretty much doomed. And there are other podcasts that cover the West of Scotland League. And to be fair to Reese, these podcasts have said the exact same thing. But they've managed to beat Ardrossan, who are top of the league. They've beat them 2-1 and they've lifted themselves out of the relegation zone. And if you told me that that would have happened four or five weeks ago, I would have said you were nuts. I, I thought they were doomed. So, massive, massive credit to Wishaw. That's a phenomenal result. Third division, really, that's the, the one that's really void of any surprises. But Vale Leaven are up to third after beating Kelo Rovers. And the significance is Kelo Rovers are now nine games in and they've yet to pick up a point. So, that's it's not looking very good for them. I won't touch on it too much because we'd rather speak, talk teams up than talk them down. But, it's not looking good. Fourth division, there is a kind of standout result for me, and that's Solcoats. They lost 3-2 to Eglinton, but Solcoats are another one whose troubles have been well documented. You know, it was Some of their scorelines have been cricket scores, but losing just 3-2, it's a sign that maybe they can compete. I don't know if that's a one-off or if that's a sign that they're improving and they're going to be competitive every week, 
but it's massively encouraging. No, nobody wants to see teams getting battered every week, so hopefully Solcoats can pick up some points along the way. We mentioned in that division as well, in the fourth division, that Glenvale and St Peter's, it was going to be between the two, but currently Thorn Athletic are top of the league. It might not stay that way for too long because Glenville have a game in hand and if they win the game in hand, they will go two points clear. But it looks like, it actually looks like there's maybe five teams that are in the title race rather than just the two we initially thought. Rossville are down in fourth, but they beat St. Peter's in second. And if they they have a game in hand over Thorn and St. Peter's as well, they go level one points of Glenville. So it could actually end up that Thorn and St. Peter's are third and fourth and Glenville are first and second. And you've got Luger just behind them as well. So that's a, another extremely competitive league at the top end. But again, just hope Solcoats can get some points on the board. I, I don't mind who they beat anybody. Just I'd like to see them. You'd like to see an underdog do well, don't you? But we'll go on to the East of Scotland League because we've got a bit more expertise in that area this week. So Craig, Ryan, what's your standouts for this weekend? Yeah, so we'll we'll go through just a couple of results uh, stood out. So n- nothing major in terms of uh, surprises, but some um, encouraging uh, results for teams that are at the top end of the table. Uh, Genefield Swifts um, beating Tynecastle five uh, nil. You know, Genefield are, you know, they're right up there. Um, obviously, they have been beaten once this season, but one defeat in nine. Uh, you know, 21 goal difference, they are flying. So they are very much hot on the tail of uh, Broxburn. Um, so that's a good one for them. Tynecastle, it's, it's, it's a strange one. They've, they look, they're on a bit of a downward slope at the moment. You know, they started the, the season so well. And again, it is early days, but you see them now playing against those teams at the very top end of the table. And, you know, they're, they're, they're being punished by you know, clinical teams. So, yeah, another encouraging victory from uh, Genefield Swifts. But I guess all the eyes at the moment are on Broxburn. Uh, we talked about them in the the quiz, uh, about them still being undefeated. You know, eight wins, one draw, uh, no defeats. Uh, they're picking up uh, a 2-1 win against Hillaby Hawthorne. They just look uh, unstoppable at the moment. I'm not going to say that they're going to go unbeaten for the whole season because, you know, there are a few sharks in the league for sure. Certainly in the, I would say that maybe the top five, um, there's a few sharks there. But yeah, Broxburn continue to impress, you know, week week after week, um, picking up results and uh, pushing on there. Any standout results for you, Ryan? It's a couple, mate, yeah, and just going back to Broxburn, I noticed it was an 84th minute winner there, so quite a tight game, maybe a bit tighter than you would expect, but again, just grinding out results and, and absolutely flying. Good away win for them. There was another couple of sort of standout away ones that I noticed. First one was Socky going away to Dundonald and winning 3-0. Socky's early sort of season troubles have been well documented, obviously one of the favourites to be up the top end challenging, but... Uh, really slow start from them, but they're they're picking up now, and that's a really good away win for them. Takes some within two points at Dundonald, so they're sitting in eight for the moment. Goals for Danny Smith, Jack Fisher, and Sam Muir there. The other one uh, that I noticed was uh, another really good win for Haddington away to Glenrothes. Obviously, Glenrothes struggling a wee bit down in the the bottom three, but um, Haddington going there and getting a an arrow win, which 
again keeps them up there, sitting in third, 21 points, just a few points, four points behind Broxburn. So Addington going really, really well. Um, but yes, again, like you said, that sort of top five, you've got Broxburn, Genefield, Haddington, Musselburgh, Dunbar, and you've also got like Hutch and Donald not too far behind them. But really competitive, really building up to be an exciting league. Broxburn obviously leading the way and unbeaten, as you said. But I think the, the teams below them all have a, a say in that in that race. And to be honest, um, I know it's early days. Soccer have got a, a lot to do, but there's still a long way to go. So I wouldn't quite rule them out. Really? You think Soccer might still do it? Uh, I'm not saying they'll go and win the league, but I certainly I wouldn't rule them out being up, like up there challenging. Um, they've only played what eight games. They've got they've got a game in hand on some of the teams above them. So they win that game in hand. I think that leaves them nine behind. Nine behind. It's no. It's considering how well Broxburn and Genefield, like Broxburn and Genefield, have only lost one, and then Haddington Musselburgh have only lost two. These teams are not dropping many points, so if they continue on the the form that they're the early form that they are setting, it's going to be very very hard. But I'm 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 going to put it out there that I wouldn't quite real sock out just yet. We're going down the divisions a wee bit. There's one that's really an obvious standout to me, and I reckon it will be for the years <laughs> too. And Aye. the Ryan's laughing, so he knows exactly what it is. Whitburn two, St Andrews three. Yeah, because that was when we were doing the wee quiz. I was about to say Whitburn is one of the unbeaten teams because <laughs> we've spoke about them so so much as well in terms of how well they're going but again and playing another team that we've spoke about so much as well in St Andrews uh, Whitburn were actually 2-0 up in that game it was 0-0 at half time Whitburn then scored twice in the second half they're probably thinking here we go home and dry another win still unbeaten but credit to St Andrews like, uh, I think there was 24 minutes to go and they were still 2 0 down, and they've obviously sparked a, a late comeback, getting the, the winner in the 87th minute. So I would have loved to have seen the scenes in the, for the away fans in that one. But aye, St Andrews is just another team that we've continued to talk up. Um, they're just going great guns at the moment as well. And much like the Premier Division, that table is just so tight as well. Camelin and St Andrews both now joint on 21 points, Whitburn behind them on 18. And then you've got Dunapace. Um, and Newton Grange and even Pre- <coughs> Preston and Whitehill are not too far behind as well Anything that Craig? Lockhorn Welfare beating Dunny Pace 1-0 really impressive uh, Dunny Pace are one of those teams where I said you, they, they are you know right up there uh, with the top three um, and they've been on tremendous form this season um, Lockhorn have been a bit you know up and down um, but, you know, that's a fantastic win for them um, and that moves them up to 10th, um, you know, beating one of the top dogs in the league there. Yes, the other uh, result, just one to kind of call out, we were talking about, um, you know, Kirkcaldy and Dysart at the start of the season, I thought they could maybe be, you know, dark horses in the league and, you know, have been <laughs> completely wrong with that. I mean, they're <laughs> sitting 12th in the league. They've beaten... Uh, a, an impressive uh, Heriot Watt Uni side 2-1 there away from home it's, it's really tight I mean honestly from you've got like 13th you've got Recife on 9 points up to uh, Preston on 14 points and 6th it's if any of the, the teams um, you know in that kind of cluster can get a couple of wins on the bounce 
they'll quickly go up that table. And that's that just shows you how competitive it is right across it. Um, I think maybe, you know, Vale Leaven are still still on zero points. They're probably the only team that aren't really, you know, aren't really close to any other teams in the league. Blackburn United beating them 3-1. But yeah, it's really interesting. That league, you've got the top three, well, top four, and then you've got a really good mix of teams in the middle all fighting to try and get into the top six. So um, I think the first division's been really, you know, entertaining so far. Um, So I wouldn't even take a guess um, who will, you know, be just outside the top three by the end of the season. That could be anyone's. That's a really good point for Oakley as well at Newton Grange. Not as they yep. were two, two nil up. Um, somebody mentioned to me the honesty game they were two nil up. I was surprised at that, but then obviously brought it back to two all. I did look at the their team and they were missing a couple of key players. Adam Nelson, their captain in the middle, Fraser Neve at the same for Dunbar, but um still good point for Oakley, but they'll probably be gutted about losing the, the two goals. Otherwise it could have been a massive three points. But also good to see a couple of boys from Nitton coming back for injury and in the squad, Chris Robertson, who we spoke about, and Sean Conlon as well. So Newton Grange on 16 points, they're not too far off it. If they get boys like that coming back for injury, again, another team that I tipped at the start of the season to go win that league, they could they could have a wee say in that, that cluster at the top as well. You're just looking at the second and third division, I think the third division, I don't see much upset there or much to really talk about, but there, there's a result in the second division. And it's not so much the result, but it's the scoreline. And again, it's a really obvious one of which one I'm going to say, but how many teams this season will score 12 goals away from home? Mad to the south. That's yeah. uh, that's their record, biggest result in their history as well, I believe. That that's weird. That actually surprised me, but at the same time, I don't know yeah. why it surprised me. I mean, it's twelve two. Of course, it's a record, but wow. Uh, no, I know yeah. what you mean because usually when you see you look through the archives and that, and you see like a lot of teams like record wins. It's like twenty odd. Like you're going back like years and years, but I, it's a massive one. Craig, I, I, I'm sure we spoke about it as well. Like it's even more surprising considering. Like we spoke about Ormiston last week on the pod, got a great result against Edinburgh College. So you're thinking they're going to kick on now, and maybe, yeah, yeah. and and maybe use that as a wee bit of a spring a springboard to to put a run together. And then the week after they get scudded twelve two. It's like, what's the manager's team talk after that? Early? <laughs> yeah, and that's that's probably the the curse of the the team of the week uh, nomination, <laughs> isn't it? You know, uh, I thought I was doing them a favour, you know, calling out the results. <laughs> Against Edinburgh College, and it looks like I put a curse on them. So, yeah, that's that's a tough one. That would be an interesting game to see how that actually panned out. If it if it was just you know Ormiston just gave up after the first few, or it was just you know Edinburgh South were playing like uh, Real Madrid. I, I don't know. <laughs> I seen I, I seen Ormiston had two men sent off, but even still, with nine men. Uh, you, you you maybe expect a heavy defeat. I genuinely, when I saw that result on the match graphic, I genuinely thought it was a typo. Yeah, like I, yeah. I thought I thought <laughs> oh, they mu- that must be like two one or two two, and then I actually looked, I scrolled through their Twitter feed, and it was just go Edinburgh South, go Edinburgh South. Wow, they actually had to split their highlights package into two separate tweets because <laughs> there was that many goals. <laughs> Tell you what, the yes. team of the week this week is going to be really difficult. There's about 10 teams that I think oh, are no. worthy of the nomination. This, this is going to be really difficult. <laughs> yeah, one other call out in the second division. Thornton Hibbs picking up another win. 3-1 win away to East Houses Lily. 
they've only lost one game in the league this season. So, you know, they're sitting third and they're right on, you know, they've, they've got two games in hand over uh, Armadale. There's some season Fortin Hibs are having, by the way. I wonder if they'll be fired up because I think last season they were going really strong and in the latter stages of the season, I think they just fell away. So I wonder if that'll kind of fire them up to basically not do that again. Bye. Yeah, really only two weeks till St. Rock's come over. You know, they're going to play a, a Fortin Hibs team full of confidence. So, yeah, um, they, they won't have an easy time through there. The South of Scotland League, I think, when it comes to the only football, I think I'm pretty rounded. I'm kind of jack of all trades, master of none. But the South of Scotland League is probably the one I know the least, which is a shame. So if there's anybody who wants to come on the podcast that knows the South of Scotland League inside out, please get in touch. But we do have some big results, and I'm, I'm using the table as a guide here. So the podcast team got beat 5-1 at home to Locker Thistle, but we don't want to talk about that. What we do want to talk about is the teams at the top. So we said that Nisty Wanderers, I said that I didn't think they'd win the league, but I think they could possibly be up there, cause a few upsets, put the cat amongst the pigeons. They got a draw away to Craytown, which is a fantastic result for them. Not a bad result for Craytown either, obviously, in the quiz you said they're the only unbeaten team left in the South. But the big winners are probably Dalbite Star. Now, Dalby still have lost a game in the South of Scotland League, but they've only played six. They're down in fifth at the moment. Creetown have played eight, and there's five points in it. So if Dalby won their two games in hand, even though Creetown are unbeaten, Dalby would actually go top. But that again, that shows how tight the division is. You've got Creetown on 20, Newton Stewart on 19, who also won the debut lock maybe in 7-0, which is a bit of a doing. But that, that's, this is happening in the, in the South now. That the top teams seem to be, be battered than the bottom teams. But every year, the teams that are at the bottom and the teams that are at the top tend to change. So there's, there's teams that will struggle one year. St. Cuthbert Wanderers are the perfect example. Two seasons ago, they were the champions. This season, they have played six and lost six. It's, it's absolutely crazy. I don't know if there's a, a high turnover of players, maybe, in that league compared to others. But it just, I mean, they don't give you odds at McBookie on the South of Scotland League. And it's probably just as well because you wouldn't have a clue where they put your money. It's, it's mad. But, That's what I was going to say. I think you took the words out of my mouth there. I think probably a high turnover of players and then just the location that these teams are based, it's probably hard. Like Gretna, for example, in the Lone League, I know due to their location, they find it difficult to attract players. So I think the South of Scotland teams are probably the same. So they're getting that high turnover of players trying to replace them. Just creates so much inconsistency, yeah. Yeah, a lot of these, a lot of these teams are from pretty small villages as well and there's not Dumfries is like your biggest place roundabout, and even that can be a bit of a trek for some of these teams. So it's it must be difficult to get players in, but especially likes Abbey Vale. You know, we said before on a podcast that their population was eighty two, the population in New Abbey. So just the fact that they actually won the league last season is is incredible. But it's a fantastic league. I've been down to about three games down there, enjoyed them all. I need to get down to more, but I'm trying to do the whole pyramid, so it will come. It looks like there's any one of probably five teams that have got a and we are shout to win at the moment and long may it continue. The more the bigger title race we have, the more exciting it is. So get done these games if you can. And just like that Gala Shields, a lot of these locations are fantastic as well. They're really good, nice places to visit. But we'll go on to the north because we do have a bit of expertise in the north with Nikki. Nikki, what league do you want to start? We'll give you the choice. Anyone you like. Just start with the North Region. Um we spoke about the league 
week up um, game and uh, another week where Qatar aren't playing in the in the league. But the the two probably the two sides that are most likely to challenge them were playing on the Friday night. Um, Dice were playing Newmarker and managed to win two 0 Sounds like in the first half Newmarker had most of the chances, but then just just before half time, Dice got a penalty and scored it, and then managed to score in the, just into the second half, and basically was quite comfortable from from there to to keep up their challenge at the top of the league. Their second and the team team of the top of the league, Hermes, they were playing um, Sunnybank, who are third in the league. The home Sunnybank were at home, and they went two 0 up uh, for. Um, at half time and Hermes managed to rally in the second half and get a couple of goals and get back to level but still Hermes will probably see that as dropping some points um, we're talking about teams not having played as many games, could have only played four times so they're certainly within touching distance um, having won all those games and it'll um, be interesting to see if having so many games will catch up catch up with them or whether they can they can keep going and Get all these teams back in. We um, were just on Sunny Bank, who got promoted um, last season and are currently sitting sitting up in third. So, quite a decent decent um, run for them. And in the champ- championship, not super exciting um, at the moment. With banks, we just mention them every week that we just keep winning. So another quite comfortable, I think, three 0 win against. Um, Burkhead and um, just below them, Devon side had probably a slightly more interesting game. They were playing Dufton uh, and managed to run out 5-2 winners. They've sort of had a wee bit of a, their stumble and then managed to keep going. So they're up in, up in third and looking like they might be able to push into one of the promotion, promotion spots. But I think Banks look pretty much kind of like they're going to run away with it. Yeah, I'd agree. I think they won the league pretty comfortably. Midlands League, should we do that one next? There's there's yeah. really two games to point out in the Midlands League. Most of them went the way you would expect. Some competitive games there, but I I, I get the results. I totally get the results. But the two the two teams feel lucky, and it's good news for both of them. Lucky United. It's not a surprise that they won. It might be a wee bit of a surprise that they they won ten nil. But the, the big shock, and this is another one that deserved to be in the nominations for Team of the Week amongst about 10 others, but Lockie Harp winning away to Tayport. Craig, you've seen Tayport earlier in the season. You said you were really impressed with them. They seem to have... They were struggling the last season or two, but they seem to have come onto a game, so you're, you're probably bang on being impressed. So that shows just how good that Lockie Harp result was. I've seen Lockie Harp earlier in the season. They did okay. I like them as a club, but I didn't see them really being... Anywhere near challenging the, the big teams in the league. So to beat Tayport and to beat them away from home is a phenomenal result. What do you think, Nicky? Yeah, no, those are the, the two games that, that I'd written down. Really good result for um, Lockheed Hart. Tayport are quite a big side there and will be looking to try and probably get out of that league with the with them having the licence. So pretty decent result for them to, to win. And Lockheed Harper, one of the teams you'd expect to be down near the bottom of that league most seasons. So... And Lockheed United just look really, really strong this season. Obviously got um, Bobby Lennon from Arbroath, so they just look really, really strong. Um, Letham aren't aren't one of the big sides, but aren't 
complete cannon fodder either, so to win 10 nils a bit daunting for the rest of the league. And you made a really good point earlier in the podcast about um, the potential of a playoff this season in the Highland League. Lockheed United are only one point clear after 14 games, so we really can't get carried away. But there's a very high possibility that we could be seeing a Dundee team in the Highland League next season, which I want to say hasn't been done before. But it would be really interesting to see that kind of landscape of Scottish football change because I can see two or three teams for the Midlands in the next few years getting their licences and, and going up. We look at United, I think. Although Kilter, Kilter are the kind of stronger team in the north. They don't have a licence. I don't think they have much intention of getting one at the moment. I think the Midlands League is probably the strongest league out of the three that feed into the Highland League. Yeah, definitely. And uh, probably if Lockie can make a, a go of it, I don't know, finances going up to Wick and going up to Inverness on, on regular, I don't know how that'll how that'll go for them. But if they can make a go of it, I think some of the other teams will definitely look at that. And I would say they're probably the strongest, the strongest of the, of the leagues. Because obviously you've got a few teams in the, North Cali, but they're probably teams that um, the low, lower level of the Highland League would expect to would expect to beat. Um, but I think Lockheed would probably would probably beat Strasbourg or Glossymouth if they were to play. Certainly, if they were to play this weekend, you would you would put money on Lockheed to to win those games. Well, talking about the North Cali, let's have a wee look at it. Only four games this weekend. Two were cancelled for that road traffic accident that obviously stopped you going to a game, Nicky. But anything there that stands out to you, I would say that's pretty pretty standard. Maybe Fort William dropping points is a bit of an eyebrow razor, but no. Yeah, especially to Clacknickern reserves. Quite a good result for the young guys. I've seen the reserve reserve teams that they've got up there playing. They do play nice stuff, but you you can totally tell that it's it is men against boys when they're they're playing. So to Hang on against Fort William, who is slightly inconsistent, but are second in the league and and looking pretty decent. It's a good result, but yeah, the other games probably um, what you'd expect. Loch Ness um, winning after their their points deduction plus um, getting kicked out of the the cup was at least the impressive. They put that behind them and and won on on the field, but that's that's probably the other one at that that level. But I when you'd expect, really. Yeah, I don't think there's too much to touch on that. There's really any, any talking points in the North Cali at all went to plan apart for that Fort William game. But, should we go to the pie chat? I'm going to be honest, boys, I've I've let you down this week. I've let myself down. I've let the podcast down. I've let you down. I, I didn't have one. Gala's pies are meant to be one of the best in Scotland, so I was super excited to get one. But I got off the train in Gala Shields. I didn't get off at Tweed Banks. I fancied seeing Gala. I fancied a walk. And I don't know if you know the area, but from Gala Shields to the ground, you need to walk maybe a mile or two along a coastal path to get there. And just as I was approaching the ground, I could see it, could finally see it. And I thought, I've not got any money in my wallet at all. And I'd, I've no idea where the nearest bank machine is because I've no idea where I am, really. So I looked in my wallet. Thankfully, there was a tenner, which got me into the game because a bank card that non-league football is pretty much redundant. So... I had exactly a tenner to get me into the game and not a single penny more to get me a, a pie, so I've let everybody down. So Craig and Ryan, please tell me you had one. Otherwise, there is no pie chart this week. Craig had more than one. <laughs> Good man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I certainly did. Um, so I was at Burnt Island Shipyard and they had a Donner pie 
Now, when I think of Donner Pies, I always think of Bonnie Rig, um, <laughs> because they do a cracking uh, Donner Pie. Now, I'm not just saying this. I think I always say it's like the best ever, but honestly, I think that is the best Donner Pie I've had at a football match. It was proper, like thick Donner meat. It had this. It was, it was like the, the chili sauce where it was. It wasn't like so kind of like spicy and hot that it would like burn the mouth off you, but it had a nice like kind of burning effect. It take about thirty minutes for you, you know, to feel back to normal after it. So, but it was just, it was just incredible. Eh? Um, pastry was bang on two pound fifty, an absolute bargain. Eh? So, I had one of them uh, in the in the first half. And then I just had to go back for another one. In the second half, I got the very last one. I always worry when people say, right, you got the last one, if they're doing it just to wind you up or if it's literally the, the last one. So I kind of hung about a bit <laughs> just to make sure they weren't just like, you know, having a laugh. But uh, it was the last one because someone else wanted one after me and they didn't have any left. So I was quite satisfied with that as I walked <laughs> But uh, no, absolutely top drawer catering there like they, they do scotch pies as well I didn't have one of them I was like the donor was enough so two of them to score it now I've been I don't know overly generous or just really nice when it comes to my scoring and stuff I the problem I've got with this one again is I can't fault it I mean but I will try and find a fault I can't yeah I can't I can't throw <laughs> out I can't throw out the tens uh, like I have been so if I could, I could find some kind of fault. Maybe it could have been the pastry could have been a bit crispier. If it, I don't know. Do you know what I mean? I'm I'm just trying to look clutch for something. Yeah, uh, yeah, clutch But I, I'm yeah. I, you know what? I'm I'm, I'm going to give it a ten because I can't. Ooh, well, <laughs> there's nothing wrong with it. I had ten, I, if you have two at anything, it's good. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, as I say, I need to stop going to places that I've got amazing catering and then maybe my scores will dip a bit, but that's that's a 10 all day. Ryan, what about you, mate? Uh, I just went for the standard steak pie, mate. Um, steak pie at Arniston. Didn't they, actually, didn't they get anything on the Friday night game? Uh, steak pie at Arniston. I kind of wish I went for the kebab pie again because I enjoyed it the last time. But uh, I, to be honest, it was just kind of your standard steak pie, as I said. Didn't they blow me away? It was nice. The dog had a wee bit as well. He enjoyed it. So I suppose that might boost the, the score up a wee bit. I'm going yeah, to go... Dogs anything. Dogs would have uh, ate that macaroni pie at Muscle Brother. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I, I don't know about that. <laughs> I'd maybe draw the line at that one. But nah, it was just one of your standard state pies. It's not the best I've had. It's, not the, it's far from the worst I've had. So I'm going to give it a solid seven. Cool. Team of the week. Four of us, four nominees. Craig, you're at the top left on my screen, so I'll go to you first. Who are you going to choose? Gonna have to go for Edinburgh South. You know, twelve two away from home. Yeah, and I might. I'm, I'm tempted to go and see them on Sunday to see because if they're banging in the goals like that, then you know they're definitely a team to watch. So I'll, I'll go with Edinburgh South. Okay, Nicky, you're next on my screen. Yeah, we spoke about them. Lucky Harp. Oh, just totally didn't expect <laughs> it. 
big victory against Tapeport 2-0. That's what I'm going to go with. Yeah, I'm going to go for St Andrews for their comeback against unbeaten Whitburn. I think 2-0 down with 20-odd minutes to go to come back and win that at Whitburn 3-2. Uh, aye, I'm going to go for St Andrews. Okay, finally, I'm going to take Wisho. I've already kind of glossed over it when we were speaking about the West, but for a team that was supposedly doomed three weeks ago, now beating the team at the top of the league and lifting themselves out of the relegation zone, that deserves a lot of credit. So that was probably the hardest team the week we've ever done. There's honestly about 10 teams that deserve a, a mention there, but we could only pick four. Anything else to add, guys? Just one thing to really quickly call out before we wrap up, mate, and it's yep. uh, I mentioned to, to Musselburgh, um, I saw a tweet and I shared it with you guys on the, the group chat earlier. Uh, there's a ground topper that I follow on Twitter and he said that he asked, I think he asked at a game um, if he could get a pin badge to add to his pin badge collection. And I don't know if um, they had any at the time. So Musselburgh took his address and said that they'd send them out a pin badge. Uh, and he said that when he came, he said when he came home for his work, he saw a bag lying at the door. He's looked inside and it was a big box full of Musselburgh goodies. There's a hat, a scarf, pin badge. It looks like a Christmas tree bobble and then a couple of signed programmes as well. So just fair play to muscle, bro. That's lovely wee yeah, touch there. Class. He's he's they've like even just to take his address and send out the pin badge would have been would have been a nice gesture, but to actually go to the, the trouble of sending out all, all those uh, all those things from Dutch class with muscle bro there. So well done to muscle bro. I thought that just deserved a, a wee call out. Definitely. And the guy the guy in question, the guy that posted it, it's Football Days twenty two, which if you want to follow him, it's Big Danny one eighty five. I think he deserves a shout out as well because I know he listens to this, so yep. just for the support, Danny. Good guy. He also comes along to the Bonnie Rose Rose Ladies games as well. So yeah, good guy. Good good, good guy. He's, he's gives us a lot of support. So cheers for that, Danny. Right guys, we we'll wrap it up there. See you all next week. Cheers guys. Cheers, guys. Cheers, guys.